Welcome to episode 151 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast, recorded February 27th, 2022. My name is Ian. I'm a student preparedness and a hobby farmer on Vancouver Island. And I'm Jeff. I'm based in central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, ham radio operator, and general overall handyman. And I'm Darius from South Central Alberta. I've been prepping for a little over 10 years now. I'm a full-time mag leader and soon-to-be ham radio operator. And I get to chirp you now. Get on it and get your license there, buddy. Yep, 100%. You've got, you've got six months. That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper podcast on the air, uh, buy some swag. We have both the Canadian Prepper uh, podcast t-shirt and the tactical Velcro patch. You can find them at www.prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds help keep the lights on, Dinner. the backup generator fueled, and maybe Eric can buy a new mic. <laughs> and if you're enjoying the show, please take a few moments and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good or bad, or just if there's a topic you want us to cover, you can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, well, Eric's not here, so I get to do his dad joke tonight. We have some kinetic content for you this episode. Very nice. Uh, we're going to start off with some recent news, update our personal preps, and we'll get on to the main topic, which is life in a war zone. So news time uh, for me, I guess I'm supposed to, uh, I was going to borrow Andrew's you know, coded phrase from the Patriot podcast, but I don't do it nearly as well as him. So I'll just say uh, the Cossack is against the wall. Ivan has a long mustache. So ham radio has been banned in Ukraine for the uh, 30 days. So according to the ARRL, uh, which is the local radio uh, setup down in the States, uh, Ukraine basically ordered all the ham radio operators to go off the air for at least 30 days, if not longer, during the state of emergency. Because I don't know if you guys noticed, but Russia invaded Ukraine. Nothing. And and isn't that the whole idea, though, of having a ham radio is for that exact kind of circumstance to be able to find out where maybe the enemy is and whatever? Well, yeah, especially because, like, I understand, like, if somebody's chirping on military bans and trying to tie things up, but, you know, passing a law like banning stuff is not going to prevent people from doing that. Um, right. Clearly, you know, banning never yeah. works. But for, yeah, like you said, there's actually some good potential uses for that, whether it be, like, you know, uh, getting refugees reunited. Coordination of refugees, coordination of escape routes, coordination of bug outs, you know, anything like uh, even reporting like where the enemy is to the military. I mean, heck, if the military wanted to listen and you were reporting where the enemy was, that would be a, a bonus, you would think. So mm -hmm. I don't understand what the. I wonder. Was. If, I wonder if they're worried about direction finding. But even then, like, so they're, they're going to direction DF on like hammer you operate. It's not military, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like it did, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but unless there are some bad actors using ham radio bands to transmit coded signals, maybe, but again, this uh, band's not going to stop it. Great. Oh no. So I don't know. Just like, just like gun laws are going to stop a criminal from getting a gun. Well, yeah. And so I just, it's interesting to see the reaction of, you know, a foreign country, but in, in dire circumstances, what's the first thing they want to do is ban the ham radio operators, which is interesting maneuver on their part but anyway um yeah so there's other news in in inbound here regarding russia so bank runs in russia they of course they talked about cutting russia off the swift system so even though it's just coming up on monday morning there now they've already started bank runs over the weekend people go right into the atms taking all their money out atms are out of cash everybody's starting to panic i can only imagine what's gonna happen when the actual banks open on monday which is 
coming fairly quickly, I think, actually. Yeah, and I mean, I've, I've, I've always said to people, you should always have some money as a backup because, you know, a lot of people think, okay, I'll, I'll just go to the bank and get money, but there's 100,000 other, 100, other people that are going to go there and get money and mm -hmm. there just isn't enough cash to for everybody to withdraw their money. So I, I've heard of stories where they, they restrict, you know, like 100 bucks every time you go or whatever. And so. Yeah. Odd stuff, anyway. Uh, the other thing, too, is uh, I guess this morning I'm early trading out of Hong Kong, and now Europe's starting to open up, I guess, in a couple hours, I guess. Uh, NASDAQ started to crash right off the bat. So, you know, we, we had a 3% drop in the market here, but uh, I guess the ruble exchange rate went from something like 30 to, was it 80 overnight? So right away their currency is worth half of what it was yesterday, which is Ouch. interesting because, like, actually when I was in Russia as a high school student, but they went from eight rubles to the dollar to twelve uh, to twenty four overnight, and it was like uh, you know obviously went down by by three times, but uh, that was like during the peak of like the fall of communism. So like that is you know if you want to do comparables, that's crazy. Like that's the you know that's how fast the sanctions can work, I guess. Yeah, and it's curious to see how everything's kind of cascading because even this morning I was seeing something about uh, Elon losing a whole bunch of profit because of stocks crashing on his end as well. It was something like five hundred million. Yeah, yeah. So it's somebody to us. Phil mentions it's five oh five a.m. in Moscow right now. So yeah, another four hours to go before the uh, everything opens up and the, the banks start going crazy and everything else. It should be uh, be interesting. It'd be a shit show. Yeah. Uh, funny story. The last one I had was a, from the uh, express.co.uk. Um, Boris Johnson mentioned a few months ago that uh, there's never going to be another tank war in Europe. And tanks are like outdated. We should get rid of them all. So <laughs> you suck, Boris. Anyway, so yeah, it turns out that, you know, never say never, right? Was that during one of his drunken COVID parties, maybe? I don't know, but <laughs> it's just typical of politicians, right? Like, let's slash the budget in all the wrong places and. You know, Britain's always had a, a good-sized navy, but a small land military. And, of course, once again, they're going to scrap it. Just like in 1939, they were right down to the bare bones. And sure enough, here we are again. Things started to go a little sideways, and Britain's cut cover the pants down again. Yeah. Which is, like, literally the third time in a row. Like, they're not even remotely prepared for anything. So, anyway, should be interesting. Yeah, so um, I've got one. Uh, don't shoot the messenger. Uh, there's several of articles on it. I grabbed the one from CNN. Um, basically, a lot of the sanctions that the Western world has put on Russia involves, you know, uh, one of the big things is uh, their wheat and being able to sell their wheat. Um, I was unaware uh, Russia and uh, Ukraine together uh, are responsible for almost one third of the world's wheat production. Uh, so to kind of, I guess, do the workaround or game the system or whatever, China says, "Hey, no problem, Russia. We'll buy all you wheat. Don't worry about it." So um, saw that coming. Yeah. Well, just like was it uh, ten episodes ago or so, we were talking about how Russia had decided to halt exports of fertilizer, knowing dang well they're going to need it all for themselves because yep. <laughs> they're going to have problems. Yep. And yeah, they're the breadbasket of of Europe, of course, and. Yeah, and that's that's going to, at the end of the day, that's going to bust up supply chains too. I mean, you know, where's, for other countries that used to buy all of that Russian wheat, where are they going to get it from now? It's the, the, the other production, like 
I know Canada does wheat, but we don't do that much. The U.S. we all import stuff, so yeah, I don't know if it's you know if if it, if it's a way maybe for Russia to try and circumvent the system where China buys it and then China sells it, but really you're by actually buying the Russian wheat, but who knows? Yeah, that's fair. Exactly. And I grabbed one from Al Jazeera. Um, so it seems. Uh, Putin there has decided to stand up um, an entire unit of his r nuclear deterrent forces and put them on um, a special state of alert because he's worried about NATO powers making aggressive statements towards him. Yes, he got his feelings hurt, so he decided to <laughs> break out the yeah, red button exactly. or what? Yeah, pretty it's about what it's looking like. Um, as, yeah, as they put it, um, aggressive statements while imposing hard-hitting financial sanctions against Russia and himself. Yeah, well, I guess it, when he when he targeted a nation's leader personally versus politically, I guess they're going to take that personally as well, right? Yeah, I would think so. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing all right. All hey right. guys, how's it going? Too bad. Um, Good. Are you? Was gonna say there. Are you? Any news articles today? No, I've been uh, busy, busy, busy all week long, all weekend long. I have. I'm. I'm kind of getting the news now as I'm listening to you guys. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Well, I think that's pretty much it. Anybody else have anything? No. All right. Let's move on to what we've done lately for preps. Brad, I don't want to put you on the spot again, but uh, you anything? Um, found out that my snowblower doesn't work at all. Um, other than that, I, I know I got to get a new one. Um, basic stuff around the house. Not much going on here at all. All right. Cool. Uh, Jeff. So I did a, uh, I did a Costco run. Um, out of that Costco run, I did a bunch of food prep. Um, topped off all my fuel containers and I've started, uh, nosing around and poking around the local neighborhood to find out who I can get um, items, specifically food items uh, from instead of going to a store, things like chicken, beef, eggs. I've got a neighbor that's got chickens and they've, they're willing to sell me some eggs. So uh, just trying to diversify my ability to uh, get my hands on some stuff instead of just relying on the stores all the time. Uh -huh. Diversity of sources. That's a good thing. Yeah. Right on. I'll cover off Eric because he's uh, indisposed right now. Mike's, uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike's going offline anyway. So uh, for Eric, he did some fuel rotation. More Morse more, most Say that three times. More Morse code practice. With, <laughs> there we go. With Long Island CW Club and stock the deep freezer prep for potential cyber attacks on the infrastructure. That makes sense. We're going to talk about that later. Um, yep. As for myself, I was pretty much a slacker. I was at work the whole time. Uh, but I did a little bit of fuel rotation when I came home here and made a run up to Campbell River, which we'll talk about later, to do a bit of a powder scrounge. So uh, a successful trip at that. There is. And I was... No CGN deals? No. What the heck? No, 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 no. Wow. I actually did this week, though. Um, I managed <laughs> to get a bunch of brass off CGN. Um, and then beyond that, I did some brass prep and reloading and went and found some new powder to work on some load workups. 
Right on. So just nonstop brass work. <laughs> well, it's it never ends really. So uh, it's a good time of year to do it when it's not nice out because it's a shame to waste a summer day doing brass prep in your basement or whatever, right? Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Uh, main topic time, guys. Absolutely. Sounds good. That's good. All right. So while we're talking about this, obviously with the the Russian the Ukraine thing, we thought we'd talk about you know what life is like in a war zone because. You know, you guys probably read all that stuff about Selco back in Yugoslavia when it was breaking up there. Like, or did you guys ever get into that stuff? Honestly, no. No. Oh, okay. So what it is, this guy did a whole website, podcast episode specials. He's done some guest stars on various podcasts. Uh, he goes by the name Selco, and he uh, he lived through the breakup of Yugoslavia and, and when the Bosnia was under siege and stuff. And so he... Um, or Sarajevo was under siege anyway. He lived in Sarajevo during the whole thing. And he basically went on a big rant about, you know, things you should really watch out for and stockpile and everything else. And um, kind of gave was, us a good glimpse. Was that what? the guy who put the hundred list, the, the list of a hundred things you should, uh, hundred, it was a list of a hundred things that disappear first in an emergency or catastrophe. That is the guy. Okay. Then yes, I have, okay. I didn't realize that was his name. Yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, so and everything from matches onwards, and he had a, a pretty good list, you know, stuff you didn't think about. Sometimes. Wrote a book on it, actually, as far as I remember. Yeah, he did. So, uh, but anyways, in that kind of vein, we thought we'd talk about stuff that uh, is going to come into play here, and it doesn't always, you know, mean that Russians are going to parachute shoot into your back schoolyard and you know, hop in a pickup truck with Patrick Swayze and head off in the woods. But <laughs> yeah, can't all be that lucky, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> have practically an unlimited supply of weapons whenever they need it. Yeah, you know. Running stuff. around with, you know, five RPKs and... Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, actually, Phil brings up a good point. Uh, a lot of more famine 2.0 for the uh, the Russia thing. Well, I don't think the Russians or the Ukrainians are ever going to starve anytime soon as long as the you know central planning doesn't get involved. So as long as they've got their fertilizer, I think they'll be okay. Um. There is. But it'll be it'll be the rest of us that will suffer. Yeah, that's uh, going to affect the, rest of the world's prices. That's the problem. So, anyways, uh, but we thought we'd talk about stuff right off the bat. It's going to affect you personally if something breaks out in your neighborhood, um, or even you know it could affect us here, even though it's going on over there. So, I guess the first thing we talked about, I, I saw some stuff in the news lately that was like very interesting that you don't think about too often because you're not going to sit there and directly get involved with combat as a general rule. Um, but errant rounds, actually, the first thing that came into uh, my sphere when I was watching some YouTube clips. Do you guys see that one missile that kind of missed the mark and ended up hitting an apartment building? Yeah. Oh. No. Like, did it really miss the mark, or did they intend to hit the apartment building anyways? Well, that was a weird, weird targeting. If it was, so it looks th- from what the guys were saying, it's actually the specific missile that it was. It's like a anti-ballistic missile, missile, so to speak. And so it missed what it was being shot at. And of course, after a while, it just runs out of range and just falls back in. And the way it hit that building, there's no way it would have been targeting like that, just the corner of the building. No. And from what I'm gathering is that they're putting a lot of uh, anti-aircraft and anti-missile sites in um, populated areas. That way, as far as the propaganda standpoint, it looks really bad when you see people shooting into like highly residential areas. So they'll purposely put machinery and uh, weaponry into those highly residential areas. That way, if anybody sees a shot at them, it looks like they're shooting into a residential area. Well, yeah. Yeah. Urban camouflage. 
Yeah. Well, not only that, but a lot of these people are sitting there, you know, trying to film their TikTok videos and their their YouTube <laughs> stuff, and and of course they're sitting right in front of the window, and you know who knows what's going to go off right in front of you, whether it be a stray shell or whatever, and you're just begging for problems and first aid issues right off the bat. So yeah, you might not mean to be involved, but you might get caught by something that's not meant for you. Yeah, and I yeah. mean from a media standpoint, if you're in a different country watching what's going on and you can't see the, uh, you know, anti-aircraft site or whatever up against the bottom of this apartment building, and all you see is a missile landing right up beside an apartment building, what's the image that that portrays, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you get collateral damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, too, and they're starting to put weapons in the hands of highly inexperienced people, shall we say. (laughs) So... I, I didn't put it in the news article, but actually Ukraine just dropped all age limits for joining the military. So you can be 13 or 93 and be accepted in the military right now. Basically handed a gun, say, go get them, boys. So you can imagine there's going to be a lot of straight rounds flying around. Yeah, they've well, also did a call out. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I, I heard that um, any uh, males between the age of 18 and 60 were not being allowed to, quote, flee the country with their family. They got to the Polish border or whatever. They were turning them around and saying, here's a gun. Go back and fight for your country. country." Yeah. They've also done a call out for anybody who's willing to come in as sort of like a mercenary level, pretty much saying, you know, if you come to help the Ukrainians fight, they have a gun there waiting for you. Oh, and uh, Scott formerly of the uh, the panel here that decides never to show up said what's wrong with being 93 well nothing scott you're still in good fighting shape you'll you'll be fine so uh chris mentions that so now nato is sending offensive weapons to ukraine including fighter jets how can they fly them with no training it's not world war ii where a plane is a plane anyway he um he's got a good point there the fact that back in world war ii these these pilots would be sent off to go bomb germany with you know 10 15 hours of flight training and be on their way and you know a couple week turnaround and you're a pilot yay uh not so much the case anymore or else they're just wasting airplanes but i also found it interesting too that all of a sudden as of today germany is sending weapons to ukraine to fight russia i'm like why why would you go for a third round of trying to go toe-to-toe with russia even vicariously through the ukraine but anyway they're big boys they can figure it out yeah try and try again third time's a charm right yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny that for the longest time, Germany was like, nope, we're not getting involved. No, 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 no. Then all of a sudden they turned around and they're like, yeah, I think I think they're sending um, the Stinger anti, uh, anti-aircraft missiles over there. So, Yeah, I think, but, you know, like handing a handgun to Liam Neeson is one thing, but handing a handgun to a monkey is a different thing. So, like, you know, they're <laughs> just going to start shooting wildly. So, like, yeah, you got to have some training and some, some discipline and organization and stuff. It's It's can't go well i think long term. there's also so. been a lot of uh, reports in the last little bit because they're handing out all these guns of you know stray parties just using these guns to take whatever they want like i saw a video at one point of a a guy who just ran out in front of a car pulled it over bullets started flying and then they all took off running yeah just middle of the side of the street well, there's also that yep. tank or that armored personnel carrier that ran over the car by accident just because I think it was bad driving. So he ran over a car. Yeah, he uh, he's, he was basically he's basically drifting in an ATV. Uh, LAV. <laughs> I actually, he, yeah, he's going on the road um, sideways. I need out. to confirm that. Um, yeah. I actually heard that that video may have been from 2014. Yeah, there you go. 
And so, we're gonna get talk. We're gonna talk about that later on too. Yeah. Actually, about misinformation. But anyways, yeah, it was interesting yeah. to see this one thing. This guy was drifting, and then went over this car. <laughs> He's trying to get away. It was like, wow. Anyway, and it was due to a mechanical yeah. malfunction in the vehicle. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, that was pretty much it for errant rounds and uh, and bad bad use of weapons. But I guess nothing you could probably be affected by is cyber attacks. So yeah, we saw that, we saw that last fall, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was uh right right when the uh the war was starting there was a lot of i was hearing it from several news agencies and there was a lot of chatter basically that um russia said fine put sanctions on us all you want but um we're gonna we're gonna make your life miserable we're gonna we're, we're gonna retaliate and our retaliation will be cyber attacks and we'll go after your grid and we'll go after your pipelines and we'll go after your mm-hmm. Um, and, and I firmly believe they have the capability to do it. And I think we all know how fragile, um, a lot of not just Canada, but the U S and other countries, um, how really bad their actual, uh, power grid is Mm -hmm. how fragile it is. And it, it probably wouldn't be that difficult for, uh, for a cyber attack to take at least part of it down. Yeah. Well, I think we talked about the Discord chat too there where I think anything even as simple as a set of streetlights, if you put out like a bunch of streetlights in downtown New York, you're going to cause havoc even short term. It's not hard to do. Mm-hmm. And we saw, you know, the media is in love with blaming Russia for everything. So obviously the Russians have some sort of capability. So what was it last year? There were some Russian hackers that were supposed to be taking down the, the pipeline there. Yeah. Uh, uh, was that the Colonial, the one down the South, south States there? Yeah, that's they supposedly blame yeah. on a Russian state actor. So, I mean, clearly... They have the capability and they've obviously been dedicating some effort towards it. So yeah, that's a real thing and that can affect everything from banking to infrastructure, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, on that note, bank runs. So we I did about- that last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I'm yeah, not so kidding. I-, I am not kidding. I went into the bank for actually like uh, college tuition related uh, reasons, but anyways, for the daughter there, but uh, I was listening to some of the people just, you know, keeping an ear out. I was watching this one lady. She took out seven thousand dollars of stretch just because she wanted to have it in her purse versus in the bank account. I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> so she's obviously switched on enough about that. So obviously, yeah, like we talked about Russia happening right now, like over the weekend, just because of these sanctions here it could be a problem because people want to have cash in hand versus have it stuck either with cyber attacks or banks being effed up because of uh, economic collapse or whatever, uh, frozen accounts because of what happened recently with the trucker thing. There's obviously a lot of instability with their, un, I guess, be, people being unsure about the uh, stability of their account, maybe because of reasons. Or, and, or mm-hmm. back back to the uh, the other topic of cyber attacks. They take the grid down. No power, no ATMs. That's right. That's right. No power. Thanks, King. Like you know. Yeah, as long as the people that you want to buy stuff off of don't have electronic inventory, they'll be fine to take your cash. So. Yeah. Yep. Even then, when the August blackout happened. About 10 years ago or so. I forget now how long. No, it's been like 15 years here in here in Ontario. I went into a couple of stores. There were lots of people trying to use their credit and debit cards. I always have cash around somewhere. And I used my last, I think it was like 60 some dollars or something to buy a bunch of stuff in cash. And that was a store that normally wouldn't take anything if the power was out. That day, everything was flying off the shelves. And I got stuff really quickly, even though they had a computer, uh, computer-driven inventory control system, whatever. They still sold everything. Yeah, 
Well, I could I could see that for sure. As long as they keep tabs of what they're selling and they can play catch mm-hmm. up later on, right? Uh, yeah. Chris mentions that I bet Russia has a ton of sleepers in the West. Now they'll activate them. There's a whole TV show about that way recently, recently wasn't there? <laughs> but um, yeah, actually, uh, I did, yeah. There's there's no bets. They have them. They have them. They just haven't appeared yet. Oh yeah, and I mean realistically, if you want to take out the U.S.'s like uh, drone capability, you'd go down to Las Vegas. I won't name the airbase because I don't want to get arrested, but. Um, you go down to Las Vegas, take out all the, the drone pilots in Las Vegas, and worldwide, they have no drone capability. So it's not that yeah. hard. I mean, um, yeah, we're amazingly fragile with some of our infrastructure, like Canada, too. Like, we're no better. But mm-hmm. um, anyways, yeah, like uh, Phil mentions, too, the Russian space agency is thinking about uh, not supporting the ISS. Again, not depending on others, the U.S. stopped uh, having their own in-house uh, resupply systems. So they started depending on the Russians. Now, imagine being an American in the space station having to hitch a ride home with a Russian, <laughs> Russian spacecraft. <laughs> That'd be awkward, eh? It's like, so, catch a ride? <laughs> yeah. And, and back, back to the, the comment that Brad made there about uh, the, the power blackout there. Um, there was a single gas station up the highway from me that had a generator and they were they were pumping gas but of course no no like you say no credit no debit no yep, yep. it was all strictly cash you needed gas for your car it was cash yeah. at that time i mean gas was under a dollar liter they were just flat charging a dollar a liter limit of 10 bucks 10 liters see ya and they and they were lined up for kilometers up the highway i don't doubt that at all and free ice cream by the sounds of it too. Great. Yes, I saw that comment. That was that was definitely true. That that same corner store, about four or five hours later, the girlfriend and I walked back past that store to somebody else's place, and there were tons of little kids running around with ice cream cones and freezies and popsicles in their hand. Nobody knew how long it would last. So the the owners just said, "Here, everybody enjoy." Yeah. yeah. So that uh, right off the bat, Jeff, you can't hit the deal with that. The next thing I want to talk about was fuel lineups because. Yeah, everybody's gonna be trying to leave town. Oh, everybody's gonna be trying to leave town, and uh, you know, obviously, try and stock up as well. So, yeah, whatever fuels available, whether it be from power edges or just supply issues, people are gonna be trying to grab it all they can, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, food ability. So, like, uh, basically, not showing up in time. Um, I guess they're, or I say they're not a food availability. Maybe is the better way to put it is, you know, like food might not be there on schedule. Uh, might not have a selection available anymore because certain countries aren't shipping to you anymore. Um, and somebody else mentioned in the line and the show notes there that, yeah, if you also don't show up for food ever, it's also kind of conspicuous, but who keeps track of when you go to the grocery store anyway, right? Unless you have a yeah. regular grocer that knows you by name or something. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. yeah, I suppose it really depends on like the smaller shops and that that you can manage to get to. Yeah. Cool. Uh, last thing I want to mention, oh, second last thing anyway, was the uh, miss and disinformation. Kind of touched on that before. We've already heard some good stories. I think we were just talking about just before the show started there, like with the Snake Island 13, and we've heard like four different versions of the story already. So. Oh, has there been an update? The last I had heard was all 13 were dead, but they told the uh, the Russians to go F themselves. Well, and they lived. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> and I heard that they, see, Darius heard that they had told him to F off. I heard that they hadn't. And I, I just took a look at the thing. And I, watched a, I watched a video that actually had a recording of it. So, I, again, I can't guarantee it was this, you know, the validity of it. But 
Yeah, so we've talked about the Snake Island 13. The Phantom of Kiev supposedly down six fighter jets in one go, and I'm like, you don't have the fuel for that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> next, Miss Ukraine was supposedly uh, taking up arms to join the good cause, and she's holding an airsoft rifle with a fake sight on it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, boy. And so, like, yeah, I mean, I can understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to j- j- dump morale and kind of get everybody going. And, you know, I'm sure Russia's saying that they've basically conquered the whole country and Ukraine probably telling everybody that they're on the gates of Moscow. And unfortunately, you can't listen and believe everything you hear right now because there's everybody's going to have a bias, right? Whether it be our media, yeah. their media. I think at this point, I might as well listen to Al Jazeera because they're probably the, the least biased about it. I don't know. But they still got oil issues, so I don't know. Uh, but also, I was watching actually some on-the-ground civilians there on YouTube. And uh, some of these people sit in the middle of Kiev and they're like, Look around, man. It's all good. And the birds are chirping, and everything's good. And I'm like, okay, like live coverage from Kiev, and it was, uh, it was, it was quiet. So, wasn't wasn't the Taliban supposed to be saying you guys have to communicate between each other or something? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty damning. When the Taliban, yeah. yeah, Taliban was tweeting out about how they need to like you know talk it out. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the mirror. We had we had China tell us that we had human rights abuses going on in Canada. So I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, it's <I> suppose <laughs> everybody's got a point, right? Uh, Phil mentions like again, like I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, Lucian seventy six transports, two of them shot down. I mean, it depends on which source came. Maybe the, did the Russians admit it? The Ukrainians claim it? Did a third party report it? Like, who knows, right? Yeah. It's like yesterday they were trying to say that. Uh... Um, all the main power to Kiev was cut, and then apparently there's no issues with any of it today. Well, I have so. to look at the reporters. Like you look at the reporters in Kiev right now, and mm-hmm. uh, and they've got like Johnny Bravo hairdos, and they're all good, and they're all quaffed. I'm like, well, clearly they got water and yeah, power. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know, like these guys are way too well groomed to be in a war zone. Otherwise, so anyway, um, other things you might have to deal with though: lack of first aid, no water, sewer, and gas. So far, it's been doesn't seem to be an issue, but I guess if things get really hot, they might have uh, overwhelmed first aid capabilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing I mentioned or I, I noticed there on the YouTube videos was the uh, the highway clogging again. Instantly. Instantly, yeah. So that was like day one, right? You know, all the routes out of town, chock a block, all the routes into town empty, and nobody's going the wrong way down the highway yet. And. Uh, I was blown away by these guys will go onto these highways that are fenced or gated off or have like rails along the side instead of like going through the, the grid roads. I don't, they don't have grid roads in the Ukraine, but they have the kind of equivalent. Um, somebody mentioned rail lines are flat, reasonably easy to travel. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's something that we keep mentioning all the time over in the uh, chats there is that, you know, when something like that goes on, the highways are going to become gridlocked. The gas stations are backed up, you know, 10 blocks in every direction and it's the very first thing that happened here. Everybody yeah. panicked. Everybody ran to the gas station to grab gas. Everybody started looting all of the stores for any supplies that they had. Need that 70-inch um, TV, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, now there's... Um, I was listening to one of the uh, news reporters down there today who um, he was doing a live feed, and apparently they've been... Uh, told that they are under martial law. Nobody is allowed onto the streets. Nobody is allowed to leave the buildings um, for like 10 hours out of the day. Well, I had heard that they had put, at least in um, the the capital, Kiev or Kiev, however you want to pronounce it, um, that they had put a curfew in from uh, 5 p.m. to 8 a.m. 
I'm yeah, not that's sure how they think that's going to help because your enemy is just going to run around at night with, without a fear of somebody shooting at them. But I think it's basically boils down to if you are out there, you're probably a bad guy, so they can they can have a free for all firefight without having to worry about target identification. I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, that, that could be valid. Yeah, makes sense. I, as far as I know, is the uh, martial law only applies to anybody who isn't part of one of the designated defense forces. So, uh, yeah, again, you know, if you're trying to be smarter than the rest of them and go out at night and stuff, I guess you don't want to be in the cities. You'd probably rather be in the countryside to do that sort of stuff. But um, somebody did Red Dawn reference there. They're at the occupying force, goes to the local gun stores and gets the registration forms. <laughs> no form 4473 in the Ukraine because they didn't have private ownership of guns until three days ago. So, yeah, which I didn't really touch on, but I probably should is the fact that they, they finally allowed private ownership of guns as the barbarians are coming over the walls. Like, maybe you could have had these guys let them test their gear for the last few years and maybe allow them some right. private gun ownership. Yeah. But hey, what do I know? Anything else, uh, stuff you have to deal with? Um, I, I've, I've got a couple of things that throw in there. I don't know if you want to keep going with your list and we'll just throw our stuff in there. and Sure, okay. Um, stuff you have to live without. Well, we talked about power, um, internet, of course, through cyber attacks, <laughs> intentional cutoffs, and in case of sanctions, no Pornhub for the for Russia. So that'll show them. I, I can't believe that was actually a news story, but um, yeah, Canadians' response to Russia was to cut off the the Pornhub site in Russia. So it's like okay, <laughs> and that's all we got. <laughs> anyway, uh, stuff you have to live without banking. So whether it be cut off, like Ukraine actually cut off banking to their own civilian populace to avoid panic. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. So the Ukrainians were trying to leave. They did have the cash to leave town, which was a problem. Some of them took till I think today. Some of them finally arrived in Poland because they had to figure out how to scrounge some cash. That was a problem. Uh, banking was cut off for Russia because of sanctions. Uh, is a thing. And then uh, stuff you have to live without ham radio. So if you had planned to use ham radio as part of your bug out plan or whatever, maybe long distance communications plan, you might have some problems to stay within the legal bounds and still do it. But we have to But how are they going to know? Well, how are right. they going to enforce it? Like, yeah. In, in an emergency situation, I thought if your life was in danger, then it was, you know, all cards off the table. Except for the years. Yeah. But again, the barbarians coming over the walls, you're going to sit there and worry about policing ham radio operators <laughs> using the ham radio frequencies? You got bigger fish to fry, man. Like, I wouldn't devote any police or military to that. So, whatever. I, mean, I can just picture the CRTC driving around in their minivan yeah. going, Where is this guy? Where is this guy? Where is this guy? Never mind the Russians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty, very interesting. I just I find it funny because you know you're kind of combining like old school war scenarios with with new age kind of ways of thinking. It just doesn't seem to be working very well. I think a lot of people have a lot of wake up calls. So um, keeping low profile, I just want to talk about that before I hand it over to you guys as well. So pitch in, please. But I was trying to think of ways to kind of keep uh, keep your head down if you don't want to get involved, if you don't want to be hurt, damaged, or don't want to leave town. Um, burner phones. If you don't want to use your regular cell phone to kind of keep maybe people from finding you if you're a person of interest. Don't have Ever? a Tinder account. Don't have a Tinder account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Actually, I forgot about that. Yeah, so you want to tell that story? 
Um, so mixed reports from both sides that uh, soldiers are actually using um, Tinder accounts in the location finder to track who is near to them to find uh, military units in Ukraine. Can you not do the same thing with uh, Snapchat, I think it is, that has a, a GPS map thingy or something on it? Couldn't tell you. Mel, so, if you're listening, please chime in on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, as I say, Tinder, like that's another thing. Like, I guess if would it show, would it show a cluster of available males in your area or something? Because in that case, it's like, yeah, every, every something soldier like between, that between eighteen and twenty-five, every soldier would be like clustered <laughs> in the unit there. It's like, oh god, that'd be bad. Um, they had the same problem with Fitbits, though, with the U.S. military, right? They were having these, these troops uh, wearing Fitbits and going for their daily jog, and it was showing exactly their, their you know, mm-hmm. establishing habits. Like and, the outline and, of the military bases and stuff Yeah, like and everything that. else. And I was like, and unmarked maps, yep. Yeah, that was a problem. So, uh, burner phones, if you don't use your cell phone, prepaid Visa cards, whether or not that works, I kind of threw that down as an idea, but if you're worried about your personal accounts being cut off, you could maybe do some prepaid Visa cards, but if there's sanctions and or high cyber attacks... That's useless. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, cash. I think cash is king in that case. Cash is king. Yeah. Even precious metals, like, yeah, it's nice to have a bunch of silver and gold in your pocket, but if somebody doesn't, else doesn't know how much it's worth, can't prove that it's real, or doesn't want to take it, that's not a problem. So maybe some other tangibles might work, like, you know, some, uh, you know, steel jacketed, you know, <laughs> lead base, precious metals <laughs> or something. Maybe people want to trade for that stuff. I don't know. Or, or believe it or not, even um, cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Old cigarettes trip. are a big, big trading item for uh, toilet paper. In a lot of cases like that. I heard there's a deal on Russian vodka right now too. So <laughs> sweet LCBO, here it come. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if you heard. So we pulled all the Russian vodka off the LCBO shelves. Now the story oh, yeah. I heard is they didn't actually pull them off the shelves because they've already bought them, but. They're not going to buy any more, but what they've got, if they sell it, the money's going to go towards some Ukraine benefit of some kind or something is what I heard. So they're not so buying any more, but vodka. they're not pulling them off the shelves. They're just going to, they're going to let you buy it. It's just, they're going to donate the money. Jeez. Huh. So from Terry uh, Blackmore. Hey, Terry. Uh, we haven't seen you for a while. Uh, former, uh, former panelist here as well. Uh, he says, I heard the comment that the Russians didn't take out the Ukrainians' internet and social media. I would think that that would have been a first-strike target. On the other hand, social media would be an incredible propaganda and a mis-disinformation tool. Absolutely. I'm surprised Absolutely. they didn't take it out, but I think the Ukrainians limited themselves enough that it was kind of damaging. It was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and from what I heard, there was threats that they were going to, and as soon as um, that was about to take place... Um, Elon spoke up and said that he was going to send a fleet of his satellites over there to provide internet. They'll get taken out soon. Chinese have satellite killers now, too. Um, Melissa points out that the Quebec store removed uh, poutine off their menu because it sounds too much like Putin. (laughs) It's true. It's it's like freedom fries versus french fries. I mean, yeah, okay. Really? (laughs) Yeah, no, they did. I I saw the news article. I was like, wow. Anyway. Uh, so the other thing too is that if you're going to stay in a building and you want to keep a low uh, low profile, I know it's a lot of people been digging out those old uh, uh, air raid shelters they used to have in the bottom of buildings in the Ukraine, and even though they've been like filled with trash for the last you know two decades, I guess they cleaned them all out. And they're going to start using them, but light, smell, and sound discipline. So 
yeah, I guess don't be cooking your meals and making a bunch of racket down there. Just try and be like a little church mouse, mm-hmm. I guess. If yeah. you have wide open windows, maybe throw up some blackout curtains or tape up some garbage bags. Cardboard. With that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it just, yeah, try and not be a, a target of opportunity there if there's uh, bad guys rolling through town. Uh, I could especially see the light being an issue if the if the power's out, but you're you've got some sort of a backup lighting source. They can look at the building, go whoop, light on, somebody's there, and start taking shots at you. It's a all table possible. with a table with some uh, specifically angled mesh. I mean, <laughs> well, actually, things were doing. Uh, they were saying put some chicken wire across your windows just to keep uh, like large objects from like getting tossed through your window per se. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. grenades or otherwise. So. Um, with the ham radio aspect, I was saying if you want to try and keep low profile, if you have to transmit, obviously keep your transmission short so they don't get those DF systems on you, like very short, mm-hmm. uh, or listen only. I mean, if you want to get the news as it is, they still have FM capability on most of those you those bow fangs, and um, or if you're just listening for a go signal from your your mag commander or whatever, that's something to think about. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you can avoid the grocery trips, so much the better, but sometimes people have to. And Again, it's it's one of those it's one of those, you know, the discussions we've had is um how gray do you want to how gray man do you want to go? Do you want to be totally gray man? Do you just kind of want to be there but not be that obvious or you know, I mean it's it's a whole one side or the other kind of scenario, right? Well, if you don't know how long it's going to last, you want to try and maintain your stocks. You still want to go to the grocery store, but if it's dangerous, well, then clearly it's not worth going, yeah. right? But yeah. Um, yeah, you don't want to, and you don't want to show up there well fed when everybody else is looking gaunt too. So <laughs> that's a problem too <laughs> after a while, right? Um, protective gear. I just want to touch on that too, because like it doesn't have to be like NBC gear, like nuclear, biological, chemical, or anything else. Even with Chernobyl that close, I, I would just say like a good dust mask, because obviously even with that missile going off in that building and everything else, there's going to be a lot of dust created and if you're going to have to help with either rescue work or you know, getting out of there or whatever, you probably want to have the ability to breathe easy. So, I mean, not just that, but all the different factories that are on fire right now and all of the different, you know, gas explosions and the, the smoke, smoke and just, yeah, the smoke in the air and the burning tires and everything else like that can't be good to breathe in. That's fair. Uh, competent first aid. So yeah, if you get hit by like if you just slip on broken glass or whatever, like yeah, you're gonna need like some some basic first aid. So maybe uh, have a little talk with your mag group if you have one about uh, you know somebody being the stitch expert or making sure that your first aid is up to snuff because you don't want to have to go outside to the clinic when you know there's gunfire at night and everything else, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's you know if all the clinics aren't filled with you know combat you know injuries and such. Yeah, you don't want to sit there and buy. I got a cut finger. Can you help? <laughs> like, you know, the guy's got you know a liver damage or whatever. So yeah, it's a problem too. So, um, yeah. interestingly enough, I did put a couple of news articles in there as well. The uh, the locals are fighting back. So I don't know if this is a propaganda piece or not. So I didn't want to really talk about it in the news section per se, but I threw a link in the show notes for uh, a bunch of Ukrainian local people making homemade napalm with uh, styrofoam and gasoline. Uh, and making Molotov cocktails ready for the tanks. And I was like, well, well there was gonna- a whole, there was a whole thing about one of the um, local 
uh, beer production uh, factories down there that stopped the production of beer and started the production of actual uh, Molotov cocktails just to hand out to residents. Like, yeah, I guess it's not going to be as, as easy as Putin had figured, but there's another line of, of tanks and troops coming that way, so it should be a very interesting uh, week for sure. Uh, that's pretty much all I had. It's just the, um, I just want to comment again about that government removing the uh, the uh, sanctions on their own citizens that they had about the private ownership of guns. It's like, yeah, probably could have done that a couple decades ago. But take notes, everybody. That's all I'm going to say. But that's all I had. So- yeah, so I threw a, I threw a couple things in there. Again, we've already talked about it. Um, make sure you've got cash on hand. Um, you know, like we've said, no power, no ATMs, huge lineups at the banks, whatever. Um, it may not be a bad idea if you know something's coming. Uh, preemptively, go to your bug out location. Have a look around. Make sure that Yogi hasn't paid a visit and uh, destroyed your, your shack or your building and eaten your food and whatever. Um, and, uh, I know you talked about first aid kits, but if you're on any kind of medication, um, try and have extra medication and, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put this out as a disclaimer. We're in no, or I at least am in no way, shape or form, uh, telling anybody to not take something that's not prescribed by a doctor or anything like that. But, um, when push comes to shove, uh, there are animal variations of human uh, drugs like antibiotics and stuff like that. They're made by the same company. They've got the same potency. They've got, they just have two different labels on them. Again, though, do your homework, do your research, make sure that um, it is what it is and you're not putting yourself at more harm than good. And I'm not saying to do that, but sometimes at the end of the day, it's what's got to happen. Yeah. And just one thing to bring up is that when you're in situations like that, look at the skills that you have that aren't directly related and see how you can apply them. I know in Ukraine right now, there's a guy there who usually spends um, his working hours making armor for medieval combat. And he's actually started welding together tank traps that he can just lift out and drop into the streets as uh, ways to block vehicle traffic and that incoming. Yeah. Enterprising. Yeah. Uh, Alan yeah. made a made note of uh, about first aid stuff. Uh, hygiene still very important, right? So he said trench foot, crotch rot, general personal hygiene needs to be maintained. You're also going to be in rough shape really quickly. Good point. Yep. 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 And Freya made a good comment in the, the the live chat there. She said, "Try and find herbal alternatives, also that may grow in your area." If you live pretty much anywhere in North America, look up what dandelion can do for you. Oh, there's mm-hmm. yeah, there's a bunch of wild uh, wild pharmacological products out there too that that can be found. You know, whether it be yep. like blood blood clotting agents or you know nature's antibiotics like honey and garlic and all that stuff. Uh, actually, the Russians in World War II used to call uh, garlic Russian penicillin because they'd actually use it on cuts. So, oh, really? Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, Melissa beat me to it, but somebody said herbal remedies. So, yeah, cannabis is both medical and currency. So, totally on point, Melissa. I mean, yeah, it can, like, I guess, okay, haven't used the stuff myself, swear to God, but there's the, the sativa and the indica. Is that right? 
there's two different types anyways one's a you mind are correct thing. yeah okay one's a mind thing one's a body thing so one makes so, you sativa, a- sativa is like an upper indicut yeah. is into couch okay there you, you go. are so, relaxed whatnot so in the couch, in the car, there's probably what you want for some painkilling and or like if somebody's freaking the F out, well, maybe that's just a way to get him to chill out, maybe. Um, yeah, that that's a thought. Uh, but painkilling as well as obviously the CBD oil and other stuff you can probably get from it. But uh, but yeah, it could also be currency. If somebody's like really needs a fix and they have you know, a jerry can of gas and you have a pound of weed, well, hey, it's a pound of <laughs> lot. Sorry. An ounce of weed. Um, yeah. <laughs> what would be an the exchange rate? An, an ounce for a uh, well, an ounce for a jerry can would be good, depending on the potency of the THC within it. Yeah. But that would be a good deal if you got something that was like a pink Kush. That would be nice. Okay, I guess we know who to talk about next week. <laughs> no, we not a weeks. chance. I, okay. I listen to Melissa a lot. <laughs> okay, well there you go. Well, yeah, but Melissa, very, very good point for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because yeah, herbal remedies is the first thing I thought of actually. Uh, let's see here. Well, it turns out she's licensed to, to talk about that, so that's good. Uh, and now it goes from three hundred to three hundred dollars. I did not know that. Oh so yeah. So I guess a pound would be a little overkill for that. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Jerry can is like three hundred dollars these days. Yeah, I think I'm paying a buck. 70 something right now for gas around here so it's crazy we're uh here where we are and melissa is like uh, 10 minutes away from where i am we're at a buck 59 i saw at the local so down the street so can you imagine what they're paying in ukraine right now to get out of town if you can even get it if you can get it like i mean sure they're probably like the state's probably just seizing a lot of stuff for the effort but uh yeah it's when you just stick with the LPCs and go. Yeah. Anyway, what can you do? Uh, Scott did have an article here about a uh, an officer in the South Vietnamese Army. Oh, he's just uh, adjusting it right now. And uh, he basically gave us a story here. I was going to give you a quick read here if you guys are okay with that. Um, so a friend of his was an officer in the South Vietnamese military. It's a grouping of roughly 60 men. He was a medical doctor by training and university educated. They got surrounded by the North Vietnamese Army. Their commanding officer was summarily executed. Well, I got to show who's boss, I guess. Uh, the group was in an indefensible position and had no other option than to surrender. So everybody took off the rank insignia. Uh, the hero of the story got rid of his glasses, roughed up his hands, and ditched his officer's handgun. He took a fallen friend's rifle and ditched his medical kit because medics were targets and ditched any personal items that would give away his rank and status. This is called being a gray man. So, yeah, he was totally on point and thought quickly on that one. Uh, their unit was forced to march north and fed meager rations from their captors. He was able to find additional edible plants in the jungle. So I guess having local knowledge helps. Uh, he had to be careful what, he, what help he was able to provide as it would make him a target. And uh, the group lost men due to malnutrition, trench foot, and other jungle ailments. In the end, only six of 60 survived to escape to the, to escape the PW, POW camp. Uh, he got to Cambodia, then Laos, Australia, and eventually the United States. Gear didn't help him, but knowledge and situational awareness plus a lot of luck got him through. Good point. Lots of good points there. Yeah, definitely good to know. You don't want to be indispensable, and you don't want to be, like, you know, a target either, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's obviously all dependent on the situation you're in, obviously. Um, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, if you're in the middle of a war zone, then obviously, absolutely that would apply. And um, yeah, it just, just depends on your scenario. Yeah. So actually, Scott made a good point about my, uh, I recently got some ham radio plates on my truck. He says, is your amateur radio license plate going to make you a target? It's great in peace times, meeting the light-minded folks and stuff, but when you're in uh, a war zone and not allowed to be a ham for 30 days and all of a sudden um, they maybe point you out because they're worried about you transmitting or something, maybe keep the antenna in the trunk and switch out your plates. It's like, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't even Absolutely. worry about swapping the plates. Just take them off. Who's going to stop you and give you a ticket for not having a plate on your truck? Yeah. In the middle of a war zone. Then you then you have deniability that the truck is actually yours. <laughs> I, I just, just found the truck. I just, I just stole it and drove, man. I don't know about this radio equipment. It's what's not the, mine. What's the big yeah. deal? Yeah, it's probably a lot more stuff than that going on right now than we care to think about in the Ukraine. But yeah, next week should have more information on it for sure. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know how that's gonna well go over with the civilians fighting uh, with no training, but. It'll be a good life lesson for tell. all of us, I think. Yeah, it can be a good life lesson for all of us, I think. But anyway, uh, you guys have anything else to add before we move on? Knowledge. Knowledge is always a good thing to use to help yourself survive. Yeah, be ahead of the curve more than anything else, especially when it comes to leaving town. Yeah. Yeah. That, and if you're stuck there, your knowledge on, on other things, like you, like Jeff, uh, was it Darius, you said it about the guy doing the tank, the tank traps. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's knowledge, right? Somebody else will come to you for other knowledge on stuff. Kind of makes you a target, but it also keeps you fed if you had to. Might keep you safe as well. Mm -hmm. And and we always we've always said on on here, and we've always preached to uh, you know be prepared. Like like Ian said, you know they they decided to hand out or make gun ownership legal to people as the enemy's climbing the wall. Well, like, you know, we, we at least have the ability here to have them for now. Yeah. It's a, a pain with all the licensing and everything, but you know, be prepared, know how to use it, know, know how to use your equipment and where it is. And, you know, like we say, if you've got to get out of town, then know how to get out. If you can't drive, know, Know your way to walk. Know your direction. All that stuff. Yeah, you don't have take, to take a seat. Go ahead. Yeah, so, and just take those routes ahead of time, you know, before everything starts going crazy. That way you've already walked it. You've already driven it. You've already, you know, rode a bike through it. So you understand, you know, what terrain you're going to face. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, you you could walk through that in the middle of in the middle of a dry summer, and it's a flat open. You go through there in the spring, and you're in three or four feet of water. So, you know, like you say, you know, know know your know your surroundings and know know your plan and and practice it. And that's why I said, you know, if if you've got a bug out place and you're concerned that you may well end up there at some point, go check it out ahead of time. If you haven't been there for a couple of months, go check it out. Make sure, like I said, Yogi hasn't ripped it apart on you. Keep your gas rotated so it's all fresh when you can, when it's time to leave. You don't have to go to the gas station. Yeah. Yep. That too. <laughs> or or even even food. Take food with you. Rotate your food. Bring that back and your older stuff that's still up. good, hopefully, and and eat it and leave your uh, your newer stuff up there. 
Yeah, fair enough. You know, and a lot of this just comes down to, you know, maintaining what you have, stockpiling what you need, and, you know, being prepared ahead of time. Practice ahead of time, do what you need before you need it. And uh, Dave brings yeah. up a good point. He's too old to fight, too fat to run, but he's stocked up on ammo. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I mean, exactly. that's funny you don't There's have to be a. Wrong. Yeah, you don't have to be a CGM deal junkie like Darius and myself. Like, I mean, as long as you know how to use a uh, gun with basic safety rules, I mean, at the very least, you're going to avoid shooting your neighbor in the leg accidentally needing that doctor when, he, <laughs> when everybody else is tied up, right? So, like, yeah, just, just some basic safe handling skills would be a, a, a perk at the very least. So, yep. um, Freya brings up a good point. Leave ahead of an invasion if it seems Im imminent. Yeah, I'm surprised people waited as long as they did, especially when everybody's barking about how Russia's attacking the next day at 1 a.m. And, you know, it didn't happen for a couple of days, and it finally did. And I admit I was wrong. I didn't think it was going to happen at all. But anyway. Um, and then, like you say, that leads to the highway congestion, and people got no, they can't go anywhere. And yeah, they're telling you it's coming. Get the hell out of town. Yeah. Yeah. Don't wait for the air raid sirens to start before getting out of Dodge. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really good point. Well, especially when the troops were invading the uh, Chernobyl site to avoid getting shelled because they knew that the Ukrainians wouldn't shell Chernobyl because obviously don't want to release anything. I'm like, well, it's just playing with fire anyways. It's probably a good idea to be upwind of that. Mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah, because unless they're nuclear scientists who are raiding it, chances are it may blow up anyways. Yeah. Good point. Uh, Casey uh, says, hi, guys. Uh, new listener for about a month now. Love the shows. It's uh, first time catching it live. Well, welcome aboard, Casey. Ask away. Welcome. Glad to have you. Hey, guys. Well, podcast challenge time. Yep, sounds good. Um, so podcast challenge for this week is to make sure you can go a week without a trip out of the house, um, even if it's only in case of a cyber attack. Yeah, I, I figure why not? Like, I mean... That's what I think Russia's main weapon against us would be, short of like something going nuclear, EMP, or you know, more destructive. I think that's at the very least something that could happen quite easily here. So, yeah, just maybe get ready for a, a week without uh, leaving the house. I know, eh? Uh, deal of the week. I, uh, I think some Darius, did you give me this one or something on uh, Discord? Somebody did yes. anyway. Uh, yeah, Cabells.ca has a security cabinet on sale. For reasons, happens to hold guns <laughs> or or ammo or whatever. It's actually a nice steel cabinet at the very least. If you don't like, yeah. if you don't want to have guns or whatever, but uh, the links in the show notes. But thirty percent off, not a bad deal. I mean, uh, there's a Canadian tire one that's similar size, a little smaller, a little cheaper. That one looks like a higher quality version. So, yeah. Um, Jeff, I thank you. I thank you for putting that, Darius, because I already ordered one. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Jeff, you had something up there. Uh, yeah, so uh, the 2022 annual preppers meet is uh, coming back again after being uh, grounded for a couple of years. Uh, the dates are July 8th to 10th. I believe they have changed uh, their location. They used to be in Desborough. I think they have moved somewhere else. Um, I would have to uh, look that up a little more. Uh, I didn't get around to that uh, tonight, but uh, we've got several months to. Well, that's okay. Figure that's, that that's out, so. That's a save the date thing. So there you go. Yep. People can yep. start getting ready. Um, <laughs> Melissa points out that uh, that cabinet's a good deal to hide our snacks in, uh, keep them safe from Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after the weed, you get the munchies. <laughs> 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 right? 
Well, she made a comment earlier that we uh, that we missed when we were talking about putting the chicken wire over the uh, your windows, and she said that was to keep creepy Pierre out. Well, I mean, maybe I want him to come in. I don't know. You know, it's gets cold in Ukraine in winter time. I'm just saying, it's February in Ukraine. It's, uh, oh boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That beard would make a good pillow, wouldn't it? <laughs> anyway, uh, shout outs. I, since Eric didn't show up, I got one myself for uh, Grandland Firearms in Campbell River. Um, wow, I was really blown away. I, you know, I've been on the island for I think nine years now, and I'd never made up their place before. Uh, fantastic little shop. It's not just a gun shop. It's got reloading gear like you wouldn't believe. Probably, I would say at least three or four hundred square feet of just reloading gear. Um, and a bunch of mom and pop shop, uh, husband and wife team. Uh, the wife is, I would say, more knowledgeable than the husband. <laughs> she was awesome. I, was, I dealt with her more than anything else. I got you, Carl's going to kill me for saying that. But anyways, um, yeah, super, super couple, really friendly. Um, yeah, and right, like-minded people for sure. And uh, yeah, definitely my new go-to shop on the island. So Grandland Firearms, Campbell River. Look them up if you're anywhere near. Jeff, you got anybody? Uh, no, I think I'm all right for today. Anybody else? Nope. Darius. Darius. I shout out Darius. Okay. So for for, for uh, that deal of the week, because I already ordered mine. <laughs> that works then. There you go. Fair enough. Uh, well, I didn't get an email this week, so I felt kind of lonely about that, and nobody's really barking at Eric about anything. So I guess I have been episode 151 of the Canadian Purple Podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Please help us out and submit a review. It helps other people find us. And we record these shows uh, live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click on the notifications tab. Uh, that gives you an alert when we are going live. Uh, if you want to reach me, you can uh, just contact me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Darius, where can we find you? Um, if you need to find me, uh, just head on over to the Discord chat, and I am in that chat nonstop all day, every day. Yeah. Brad? Uh, I can be reached at uh, monkman038 at gmail.com if anybody wants to reach out. I was hoping to get a Bat Brad uh, email. No, no, I've I've looked and they're taken. Well, well that's no good. All right, no. yeah. Who wants to take my place at the end of this one here? So I guess when we can, uh, Jeff. There you go. So you can reach me directly by emailing me at the island retreat at gmail .com. and you can also find me on Canadian Patriot Podcast. I finally made a reappearance there this week. Uh, it was on iTunes and YouTube. We're recording uh, Monday evenings at nine p.m. Eastern. Uh, I'm also on the Discord chat, like Darius and everybody else here for both CPPs. Email us if you want an invite, because more the better. I think we're up to, what, 130-something users now? So it's a good At place least, to meet. yeah. Something yeah, like that, yeah, good place to meet guys that might be in your local area. Um, anyway, there you can find us. 137. There you go. There you can find us discussing why government waste in society makes me practice my secret radio codes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, thanks for joining us. Until next time. Stay safe. And keep learning. <laughs> <laughs>